Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Tondal Titlu Podcast. And finally, 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 after over a fucking year, we're back with conspiracy theories. I know this is a series that a lot of you like. In fact, it's one of our top five most well-performing series uh, that we've had on the channel. But Do we even have five series? Well, we have more than five, actually. But point being, welcome back, everyone. Um, today, we are going to talk about conspiracy theories that are more on the side of the interwebs. Um, so, therefore, we have brought back Ame, who you have seen two times now, but this is the third time. So, Ame, say hi. Hey, guys. How are you guys doing? Okay, Ame, take this away. All right. So, as you all know, world richest man, Mr. Elon Musk, has tweeted a few days back saying that um, US birth rate has been below the minimum sustainable level for over 50 years. I mean, like, it's all over the world right now. All the birth rates has been decreased. So, as usual, he liked to tweet, so he tweeted it. And, like, there's a people like commenting on that post and asking like, uh, what what are we supposed to do? Like, what are things that can be done, right, to like increase the birth rate? So, in logical way, what do you guys think that can be done? Before I say anything, didn't we also do an episode about birth rates like a long time ago? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, listen to that if you want to know what you should actually do. But never mind, Amir. What did Elon say we should do instead? He said, make more babies. <laughs> of course. Of course. I mean, brilliant. Oh my God. Oh my God. Like how you can like store all the um, data or the storage of Twitter in your USB stick is the same. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> now the solution to yeah. <laughs> underpopulation is fucking making more babies. Of course, a true genius. A I swear genius. Here's one thing I've noticed though, is that because... Weirdly enough, I've been seeing this debate crop up on Twitter, like not maybe it's because Elon Musk tweeted it, I guess, but people have been talking about it. Notice that the graph, like in the tweet, right? He says USA birth rate has been below minimal sustainable levels, right? And then the graph he uses is not birth rate, but fertility rate. Fertility rate, yes, exactly. Yeah. And there is a key difference in what that is. Now, apparently a birth rate is refer it refers to the total number of births in a year per a thousand individuals in a population, whereas a fertility rate, which was in the graph, is the number of live births in a year per a thousand women of reproductive age in a population. I don't know from what context. Yeah, not the most accurate context. But then again, you have to consider the fucking human aspect of it. There's a reason why the birth rate is going down. It's because no one wants to have a fucking child. <laughs> exactly. And why, why do we think that is? Let's revisit this. Well, first of all, everything's getting more expensive. Secondly, you know, it's a huge fucking commitment that us youngsters just don't know how to do just because our fucking grandparents did like 10 babies in one shot. Okay. Mm. Third of all, some of us just don't want a child. It's just too much of a responsibility. Ishar, it sounds like you've thought this through. <laughs> what made you realize this? Oh, did something happen lately? Yeah. Did, did Who heard you, Kishore? Yeah. <laughs> Let me make this very clear, okay? All right, all right, all right. I did not think this true. This is just the opinion of the general public that I know of now, okay? Most young people do not want to have a child because it is way too big of a fucking commitment, okay? I mean, perfectly valid. And also... To add on to that, how is not how is a declining birth rate a bad thing for the planet? When we literally have overpopulations, like we literally have overpopulation right now. Yeah, like you know, all of the, the sci-fi movies and all of those fucking crazy ass conspiracy theories that say that they're fucking microchipping our brains and then you know we'll fucking die or they're fucking pouring like uh, poison and radiation into our fucking water stream just to fucking kill us all. Like, even though that's half true, but still, you know, the thing is, the point is, if the mad scientists of the world are trying to come up with a way to kill as many people as possible so that, the, you know, the human population gets under control, then why the fuck is everyone complaining about fucking low birth rates? They're solving the problem by itself. 
You don't need to do anything. The question is, why is Elon Musk complaining about it? That's my question. Because that's why that's why he told like, um, I mean, the medias and everyone saying that they, he want to make like this universe multi-planetary so that, you know, when the population in um, the like the world that we are living in right now have been like totally collapsed or whatever, there's still a, a multi-universe. I mean, like our mass there, you can still live over there. Yeah, but how far away are we for people actually living on Mars? Exactly. You need to ask Musk for that, bro. No? Hmm. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. I, I really can't get the logic, though. I mean, like... It, 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 it feels like Musk will pose a problem and then people will start coming at him with solutions and then we just stop talking about things. Yeah. It will take ages, though, for us to, like, you know, have a multi-planetary living. I mean, it's not cheap though. At first, it's it's not cheap for you to like went all freaking way there to like you know have a living, right? So it doesn't make sense actually. But yeah, it makes sense uh, apparently for the billionaire. Has Elon Musk been up to anything else lately? Mm, nothing much. He just like to tweet up some some stupidest things. Oh my god, we like spoiling Elon Musk. Sorry, Musk. Well, what about Mark Zuckerberg then? Since we're on the topic Mark of billionaires. Zuckerberg. Yeah, he's just, as you guys all know, I don't know, many of you guys know or not, like, if you follow him through, I think we talked about it in previous episode, right? He was eating McDonald's. That's about it. I think nothing much. And also, yeah, um, yesterday there was a research paper leak from Facebook is changing their, their algorithm, basically. Wait, changing the algorithm? Yep, yep. Yeah, oh. Facebook planning to like uh change their discovery engine pitch to compete with the TikTok. Yeah, so <laughs> their their main rival right now is TikTok. It's not nothing much more than that. Okay, here's my question, right? Why does every social media platform feel the need to become TikTok? This is coming from a person who's avoided downloading TikTok all this time, uh, just out of principle. It took nearly. Five to seven years for Instagram to reach one billion of user installation, and it takes less than a year or year plus for TikTok to reach one billion users. No, but you, but that's not because of the design of the app. That's just because you're not factoring in how long Instagram has been on and how much the technology has advanced. Has changed. Yes, correct. But then, uh, you can see the changes of trend from the how like people. Previously, people go for like a pictures-driven apps and now more to like short videos kind of driven apps. Like, you know, um, when you think about it, like previously, YouTube don't have YouTube shots, right? There's no necessity for YouTube shots. I mean, even for now, do you watch any YouTube shots video? Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, but not as much as we used to like watching TikToks or Instagram videos, right? Or Facebooks. Well, I think because you go into YouTube expecting to watch a YouTube video, it's like if you see a short, like, okay, I'll click on it. I guess it's the same with Instagram as well. You're not in those apps to watch shorts or reels. They just happen to be there. Every app's right now trying to push their apps towards this video creating apps, not like basing, based on the, you know, photos app. Like even Instagram itself coming from their own CEO, Adam Mosari, saying that they are more focusing or prioritizing um, videos because they believe that the videos will push more for the engagements of the I mean things that you upload I, I just remembered something about TikTok uh, you remember there was this conspiracy that happened that said uh, the reason why I think last time this was like three years ago when the US sort of classed TikTok as data mining yeah um, yeah. Yeah, yeah China apps yeah, yeah. oh yeah what the fuck happened to that? And do you think like that's a reason why these companies are also trying to, like, you know? I know. I mean, back then there was there was. I mean, um, obviously, as what Kishu mentioned earlier, like those thing was went, went viral, right? Saying that yeah, the, the China. But apps, was that a concern or was that like official? Like was that actually happening? Because I that was just a conspiracy at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was a conspiracy actually. I think there's no any like a cybersec um theory thesis or anything related to it. I mean, like. It's just, I think the thing was uh, coming up because they, I mean, the US, US big tech companies looking at it as their bigger rivals, right? In upcoming years. Mm-hmm. That's what they did. I mean, like, obviously, TikTok is now the number one apps 
in App Store and also uh, Play Store. So yeah, they feel the you know, necessity for like you know, bringing up with the new conspiracies saying that this is the China, you know, China is spying on you, the China government is spying on you. So I yeah. mean, if anything, that's like a direct consequence of Trump not being in office anymore, right? That's why it probably didn't follow through with the... I remember what happened during that time was they came up with this law where the TikTok would be banned, but in terms of ban, it would just be removed from like the app store and the play store, but people who already had the app could still use it. They just couldn't update it or something like that. You know, speaking of China, didn't something also happen to Huawei around that, around that time? What happening to Huawei right now? I got no clues about like, no, yeah, I haven't heard of Huawei. We just like, forgot about Huawei, like, actually. Huawei hasn't come up with, like, any new sort of, like, they used to be, they used to be the Apple of Android. That's what they used to be. I think it, since since they launched their own um, store for their apps and... Harmony you know, OS, they changed, as they call it. Yeah, Harmony, yep, 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 Harmony OS. And, but, but I love the technology, though. Huawei technology is, for me, still the best considerably the best even even right now even right now yes okay even so right let's bring it to android right for a second i know this is conspiracy theories but we still need to talk about that because i feel like a lot of people especially apple users just view android phones with a lot of suspicion almost <laughs> as if android as an operating system is like a conspiracy right, theory right. so like wait you can customize your os what without a jailbreak <laughs> what <laughs> so okay amir in your opinion right what do you think is the best Android brand right now? And like, oh let's God. let's like let's like take the pixel out of the equation. What do you think is the best Android brand objectively? Oh my God! Okay, this is a tough question, though. I will say I will say still Samsung. I'll say Samsung. The the latest one. I mean, like now is the S twenty two Ultra. I think yeah, so. Yes, S twenty two Ultra. I mean. It it made up. I mean, when you compare it, obviously with the rivals, is is the best among the best right now. But um, on its own, I mean, like when you compare with uh, Apple, obviously there's the differences of it. But when you stand alone on the Android list, it's still the best for me. I mean, for now at least. Right. I mean, because like when you think about it, right? Because you know, Huawei has completely disappeared off the map. Like the only Android phones like we really talk about are like Samsung phones and Pixel phones. And then like, if you notice, right, across different countries, you have various different brands of Android phones. Like, like so you have brands like Oppo here, which probably have never cracked the West. And then you have your Xiaomi phones. Also, what is Xiaomi up to these days? You barely hear from them as well. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, but as a company. Once- once in a while, I listen to them. I mean, like I'll be hearing news from them. Um, Xiaomi, actually, for two thousand twenty-two, they have been quite slow. There's no like new um, what do you call it as like a killer specs kind of phone, you know? Yeah, that's what they used to do. Because you you mentioned Amir on a previous episode that Xiaomi was now venturing into other smart things, like not yeah, just yeah, phones yeah. anymore. Yeah, they they are focusing into that. If I'm not mistaken, they have like they are focusing more on the call it. Yeah, they are more focusing on the IoT as they believe. I think they believe that they can get into that market. You know, IoT market because there's a lot of goods Xiaomi product for the home appliances. Oh yeah, Amir. On that note, right? Since you're talking about new things, right? What do you think of the Nothing Phone? Huh, I just want to talk about that. Okay. Nothing for it, it haven't launched yet, right? No, it hasn't. But like they've revealed the design, right? Which looks a lot like an iPhone 11 <laughs> with oh, an iPhone 12 without a back. Exactly. Which one? The nothing, nothing phone. The nothing phone. Have you heard about oh it? Oh my god, that company. Wasn't that wait, nothing? Wasn't that the company that made the earbuds? Yeah, the Carlface company, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. The OnePlus guy. Yeah, the earbuds. Yes. Yeah. The earbuds expensive. fucking the marketing campaign. <laughs> they're back with nothing. <laughs> we launched nothing. <laughs> no, the, the first time I heard about the company, right? I was thinking like, what the hell is wrong with them? Like, I thought like, okay, like, I mean, this is like a normal, normal kind of, you know, brands that does come up for the publicity and stuff. But 
they're coming up with the products like I mean a phone so yeah we'll see how they're going to like dive into this like look at their marketing smart. right their slogans for the phone is like are like bold warm full of soul a return to instinct this is phone one in brackets and then there's a picture of a upside down parrot yeah, on top of the phone this is nothing <laughs> This is nothing. Like who right my I don't know. It feels like another Apple ripoff. But then again, I can't really blame you can't really blame them, right? Like you want to criticize these companies for a lack of innovation when we literally just said in the last tech talk episode that innovation is at an all-time low in the tech world these days. Wait, there's another conspiracy that I wanted to get into. So there's this weird thing going on where people think that one day these tech companies would get so large and well, they're kind of like a monopoly now. No, they are, they are monopolies. They are monopoly. Apple is obviously monopoly. <laughs> Apple is obviously well, a monopoly. Yeah, but then, okay. And then, then you remember there's always like been this, um, this uh, saying that monopolies stifle uh, competitions, right? Correct. And they also, they don't promote innovation. But logically thinking, like from all of our knowledge right now, do you actually think that if a company were to be classed as a monopoly and they were supposed to break down, um, do you actually think that there'd be any new innovations that could benefit any of us? Because the conspiracy going on right now is that we're just going to normalize these tech monopolies and we're just going to live under them and their advances, and we're not going to stop them from doing what they do, you know? Uh, aren't we living under this? Well, we are now, but as it goes on to the future, you know? Okay, sure. I will say no, but with a caveat, because technically, we don't have one monopoly, yes. but we have like an oligopoly of like five big, like the fan companies, basically. So like what it's going to be is like, it's not going to be as bad as a monopoly, but you're going to have those big five companies just monopolizing the whole tech space. Basically they are, they are saying that they are monopolizing your, I mean, your life or what, right? I guess the only thing we really like, the only thing we can probably like go against this trend is we can, if we can have one big new killer idea that these companies have not been able to think of and somehow managed to not sell out and like not allow one of these five companies to sort of like take over like that service or that product that they're coming out with and making it their own. That's probably the only way, but like with what we've just previously discussed about tech just coming to us, like it's innovations coming to like a slow decline, right? It's hard to see any sort of change. And honestly, it feels like people are just comfortable with it, right? Because if you just think about smartphones and laptops, right? The app, like ARM processors were probably the last big innovation we've seen. Like, do you, do we seriously think that the metaverse is going to make it big? Yeah, at least take her uh, two decades. Like, yeah, e- like okay, even ignoring the metaverse, right? We've talked so much shit on this podcast about NFTs and crypto and Web3 and all of that. <laughs> and like, <laughs> even then, like people are saying that's the new big thing. And like, actually, no, <laughs> it's not. Oh, for fuck's sake. You remember, like, actually, this this ties in really well with that type conspiracy, which was which happened like in twenty fourteen and like twenty twelve and shit like that, when Bitcoin first boomed and then it hit like one k, then everyone was like a fucking lunatic. They were like, "Oh, like, you have to invest in this. You have to get the Bitcoin." Those yeah. people got off lucky. Yeah, they got off lucky, and the the rest of them now are just Fuck. getting fucked. Exactly. Yeah. Bitcoin is apparently down by 67% it's from its peak value. And you remember, and, and the weirdest thing is like, um, I, I still remember the argument that uh, a lot of these crypto bros were making where they would say that if, um, uh, and I think this was something that I forgot which late night show was it, um, I don't know if it's John Oliver or Trevor Nova or someone, but I watched one of them and I think one of them uh, had this joke, which I completely agreed with. And that was, you know how when uh, at the first uh, time that crypto was uh, kind of getting popularity and shit, they were saying that it would protect you from 
if the market inflation got really bad and shit, then the value of crypto or like crypto itself, because it's not decentralized and it's not part of the market itself, you know, it will retain its value. And then now look what ha- what's happening. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? You know? It's in a deep shit mode right now. <laughs> it is insane how much that shit has gone down. So Kishore, in your opinion, do you think crypto in and of itself, like the, the idea that you could make bank from crypto is a conspiracy theory? I don't think it's a conspiracy theory. You see, it's, it's weird, right? I think crypto has its uses. But like I've said in one of the previous Tech Talk episodes where we dive deep into crypto, um, it's just, it's, we just haven't found the use for it yet. Like it cannot just be for the sake of money. Like that's not the way. What it looks like, it looks like techies on Twitter are trying to force the mass market or like mass, like the general public into thinking that crypto can have its use when in reality it feels like crypto isn't ready for like mass adoption yet. No, but do you know why? Because they're promoting it as Web3, like this huge conspiracy <laughs> with all of these people believing in Web3 and oh my God, it's the no new generation No one really Web3. understands what Web3 is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just a buzzword for something incredibly stupid, which is, you know, a web everything framework. in Web3 has been locked behind a fucking paywall which throughout the history of the internet has not been the case. So how the fuck is that even fair then? God knows what is going to happen to Web3. What do you think will happen to crypto, actually? I have this question. I think crypto, it is like a virtual kind of things where you can put much of investment in, right? We want the right man will right, say crypto is the future. I mean... There are many people obviously saying that cryptos are the features that are already started to invest millions or billions of dollars inside cryptos. But wisely, wisely, no one would do that. I mean, even if you go ask like Elon Musk or any of those big, big billionaires or multi-millionaires, I believe, I believe that even they also say like go to like physical kind of properties or you know, things that you can see the value of it, like. It, it depends on those who like hold who being the monopoly of the you know crypto you know I mean like the companies and like even like last month right there's a thing about like uh, we talked about it in previous tech episode about the um, Luna yeah become a total shits right so yeah yeah just died died instantly it can happen to any um, cryptos. But like, what do you think of the future of crypto? Like with the current trend that we're seeing, what do you think is going to happen? Like, what's your prediction? Crypto, crypto is going to be there, obviously. Crypto is going to be there. I mean, like, you can look into the trend of like um, US. You can take US as a prime example of crypto future. I mean, you can see that all the apps are started to like adapting towards the crypto, uh, crypto needs and stuff that you can buy things by using cryptos and stuff. So... Cryptos, yes, we obviously going to be there. And many countries started to realize of the crypto like benefits or whatever not it can be called. And they started to like legalize it, like to use it on your daily basis. And many countries, like even India also started to like uh, legalize it. So yeah, crypto going to have a future, but I mean, it's going to be there in the future as well. But it is the future, I would say no. I mean... People going still going to be living with the web two world with the physical money transactions and all those kind of stuff, you know, the things that you can see in a real life. I think I agree, and I'm gonna echo what Jacob said on a previous episode: is that the technology has potential and like it's gonna be there because like crypto exists. People are investing in crypto. It's just that like I don't see any like anything in the current trend to suggest that a lot of people are gonna adopt crypto. Unless like there's some big event that makes people realize that actually crypto might be better than just using physical currency, or it's going to take like a big campaign or a big push from like probably all the big tech companies or like maybe a lot of countries just suddenly legalizing it to make people think that actually there might be a future there. Like think about it, right? What if Apple did something with crypto? You suddenly see a ton of people investing in it, right? Yeah, obviously. Because I'm just thinking like, okay, this is probably this is probably a bad example, but like I remember like 
before Apple came up with the M1, right? I think this was like a year or two ago. Like there were there was news that Microsoft was working on making Windows 10 able to support ARM processors, right? And then they were coming up with like the, this was like the early rumors or leaks of like the Surface Pro X that they were trying to come up with ARM processors. And then people like tested the product and they're like, actually like Apple's, like Microsoft's x86 emulation for ARM processors is like super slow. And like, it's probably going to take years for a company to come up with a full-fledged desktop operating system that can run well on ARM. And then Apple just comes up with M1 and like, no, this is how you do it. So like, I'm pretty sure if someone comes up with a convincing framework as to how to properly utilize crypto and shows people that, hey, it actually can be utilized for a good purpose and it, you can actually have benefits for it and people feel that it's safe, people will adopt it, but we're so far away from it now. So like, it's probably going to be around, but I feel like it's going to be the same. I feel like nothing's really going to change. Like people are going to invest in crypto, but also crypto is also going to continue being as volatile as it is. And like, we are technically in like an economic downturn right now. So like, I feel like crypto is probably going to be the last of people's worries right now, especially with the Fed in the US, like increasing like the inflation rate today. But unless oh, no, interest crypto, rate, sorry. Yeah. Unless you're a crypto gross, then you need to like be upset. That is true. Yeah, but I would, I would still agree on the fact that like whatever that you guys said, I agree with all of that, but I would still want crypto if they're calling crypto and nfts and decentral uh, decentralization the future of the internet like where 3.0 what i want is for it to be to adopt some of the same characteristics as the free internet that we have now which is it being free that could not just be a paywall of entry because then you're limiting access to anyone who doesn't want to get in that's the reason why stuff like this fails why do you think the web 2.0 got so big and now everyone, literally, we can't live our lives without it because most of the things that we use online are free. You don't have to pay for a single thing. All of these companies that are connecting each other, they're connecting us to one another, all these social media platforms and all uh, these video platforms that provide you content and everything else. Web 2.0 made everything not cheaper, but free, you know? So if Web 3.0 is trying to do the complete opposite after 20 years of free service, I doubt that almost everyone would get into it. I doubt, I would say barely anyone would do that. No one in their right mind would get into it. Okay, Kishore, on that note, right, this makes me think that based on what you said, the solution is pretty clear. All we need is more legislation to sort of like democratize and also just sort of regulate all these activities because I think the problem right now is that we've seen all the memes with all those hearings of Mark Zuckerberg and Sundar Pichai in US courts, right? It's clear to me that a lot of government officials just don't understand the new, the new framework. Like the thing with web 2.0 is that yes, it was free. Yes. Everyone could get on it, but also we've had like what more than 20 years of it. People understand implicitly how web 2.0 works no one has a clue of what Web3 entails. And it's only going to get better if governments can actually come up with proper legislation to properly define how people can use it so that the mass market doesn't get exploited. That's really all that it is. So like the solution is, is simple. Just get people elected in office who actually understand technology and then they can work out a way to sort of democratize this technology and then we can make it probably as accessible as web two once was like, there's a path to follow. It's just that people don't understand how to follow it is why we're in this mess that we're in right now. It's just web 3.0. just feels like a buzzword that only people on Twitter use. And like the general public just doesn't give a shit about. But you see, the thing is that would be the worst thing to do right now, because that would be politicizing web 3.0. And you should not do that in advancements in technology. Like, you should let it have a solid foundation first. Like Web 2.0, it was built upon all of these people on the internet. And as the internet kept growing, once it reached a certain point where we all knew how it worked, then you brought in legislation. Governments around the world had their own reg regulations for the internet. The problem with Web 3.0 is that it is completely horseshit. There's no one knows what the fuck to do with it. No one knows 
what it's capable of, its full potential hasn't even been re- reached yet. So you can't just bring in a people who understand legislation to just suddenly pass legislation which would direct Web 3.0. But yeah, Keisha, that's what I'm getting at. It's got to be gradual because no one understands. That's that's the thing. Yeah, because the exactly, way you see yeah. it, if, if people don't start trying to understand, people are going to get exploited. Like people are going to fall foul to crypto scams. I mean, this is already happening. Like People will feel pressured to sort of like invest in these new technologies and then they're going to end up getting hurt. And then the worry that I have from that is not just people getting hurt, but just people thinking that there's no point in Web 3. It's all a huge pyramid scheme. And then Web3 is never going to get understood. People are never going to invest in it. And then we just stop innovating anymore. We're just going to be locked, just stuck in this deadlock now of like no innovation. And the worst thing that you can have for in like the tech space is a lack of innovation because that's directly going to lead into the monopoly future conspiracy that you've just told us about. Talking about the web trees, right? Um, like as you all know, like um previously for web two, there there was a time for all the big tech companies like Fang, everyone. I mean, like obviously Fang in developments, right? So they are still new into this technological world. Uh, Facebook was founded in 2004 and all those big, big tech companies founded in nearly the same age as what Web2 was born into, right? So they are the dominator now, obviously. They are the dominator. They are dominator of the tech world. They are, domin- they are dominating the world right now with the user data and everything. They know every single motion of us. They are tracking here. They are tracking there. And with this web tree, um, as like Kisho mentioned earlier as well, like it's hard for us to like, you know, make everyone believe that this is the future that you need to follow. This is the God give us this right part for us to follow. You know, obviously you need to like teach everyone, like what basically it, like how it works, like, how the blockchain systems work, even for, for us, like the developers or the programmers, even for us also, it'll take at least a year or two to like fully understand the fundamentals, the basics of how Web3 is functioning and stuff, with the blockchain and everything, like user control data and stuff. So for us to like, you know, like come up with our parents and saying that, uh, that this is the future, this is the Web3 hand. <laughs> Do you think that they're going to be like mesmerized with the, the words? You know, obviously they will be like, what the hell is this, son? Like, I can't get it, you know? And government, government need to play a huge part as well because cryptos, um, and I mean, like we can obviously relate to trees, cryptos, NFTs. Uh, don't put NFT, NFT is too shit, okay? <laughs> of course it is. So Web3, we can relate Web3 blockchain and all those kind of digital currency and stuff. I mean, it is impacting all the com- I mean, all the government agency. I mean, it's giving um, income, sort of income to all the economics, uh, prosperity. I mean, in US, take an example. I think if I'm not mistaken, even until now, there's already like a billions of transactions of cryptos, and many countries are seeing the impact of this in this technological digital world. But as I said, like um, as you all mentioned earlier, like uh, there there need to be someone that you know know about the thing like what are things that we can work on like what like you know make it like legislative like the framework and like how can people don't exploit it like how can normal and people like use it on their daily basis and how it's going to help them you know all those kind of stuff web3 it is it's going to be in the future obviously i mean even now i can say they already started to the developments of it any companies that are like involving in it. Biggest one is of course Meta. Obviously, obviously there's Meta because they, <laughs> they, are, they are dominating the world. Obviously, the fang companies are dominating the world. So I believe that I believe in the future there won't be any tech companies that are going to take over them. I believe. Even now, take Google as an example. Who will beat them? Like who in the right man will beat Google? Bing! What the fuck? Bruh. Internet Explorer. Internet Explorer. <laughs> Internet Explorer. Internet Explorer just died Bruh. like yesterday. Just died. Oh my God. Rest in peace. Okay. It's actually really silence. funny that Internet Explorer died and then you remember that every time you open Internet Explorer, the first thing that comes out is Bing. Yeah. <laughs> Bing, Bing used to be the default search engine. 
Yeah. <laughs> and you had to download code. That's the only use of Internet Explorer. How are we supposed to download Chrome now, huh? No, this this is interesting because, I mean, okay, there's Microsoft, Microsoft Edge for that purpose now. So <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> it's the Web3 version of Internet Explorer. What are we talking about? I was using like a Brave browser. Brave? Never heard of it. Oh, then you should. You guys should give it a try. It is safe. It is secure. It is very similar to Google Chrome. It don't consume much RAM. Uh, you don't have any YouTube ads. Even you are using like a normal uh, account, Gmail account. So yeah, should give it a try. Hey, and how sure are we that you're not paid by Brave to say that? <laughs> this is a sponsor by. This is sponsored by Brave. No, I'm not kidding. I mean, like. I mean, Brief wasn't like a famous thing um, two or three years back, but it started to like, I mean, the wave comes from those uh, developers. Developers started to using it and they started promoting it. Like um, they, there was like many innovations in uh, Brief, which if you are current uh, Google Chrome user, you can directly integrate with your browser. So Amir, I'm assuming your default search engine is DuckDuckGo. <laughs> no. <laughs> Because what funny thing you know, two weeks ago, <laughs> that, that go right, they got caught uh, for leaking user privacy or user data or something. Oh, for fuck's sake! So who can we trust now? <laughs> for a fucking proper browser that says that it's a private search engine, then you uh, leak yeah. your private users' data. Oh my so, god! Yeah. Oh, bro, not like this. If you didn't have trust issues already. <laughs> so yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, you know, while we're talking about browsers, right? Does anyone remember like when Internet Explorer was first the thing and the whole antitrust lawsuit with the US government? The what? Oh, you you know about this, right? Like back in the 90s, there was a there was a lawsuit, an antitrust lawsuit between the US government and Microsoft because Microsoft was illegally using its monopoly positions position to force users to no, no, no. It, it ensured that users could not uninstall Internet Explorer on early versions of Windows because back then you had like Netscape and Java browsers like compete like as competitors. And because Microsoft had a monopoly, it was able to bundle Internet Explorer in into Windows and you couldn't uninstall it until that lawsuit. What the fuck? I, okay. have no, I never heard about it. Yeah. It was alleged Microsoft had abused its monopoly power on Intel-based personal computers. They were arguing whether Microsoft was allowed to bundle Internet Explorer with its Windows operating system. Hmm, yeah, because apparently, right, the issue was that Microsoft argued that the merging of Windows and Internet Explorer was the result of innovation and com- competition, meaning that they were in- they were like intrinsically linked. But then, P- you know what was the argument that their opponents use? Is that if you had a Mac, you could literally download Internet Explorer as a separate app, meaning that it's its own thing. And that was its downfall, basically. It did its own hole. <laughs> but why would anyone want to install Internet Explorer on a Mac? Like, that bit always... That, that confuses me. That, that, that's the biggest concern, though. <laughs> like, who? But it existed it at existed, some point. So, yeah. There, I, I remember, right, back in the day, like 10, 15 years ago, there was a time where you could install Safari on your Windows computer. What? You can't? Yeah, you actually could. I mean, it's retired now. Well, I remember back in the days of Windows Vista and Windows XP. Yes, you could have Safari on your machine. I think the reason for it because because Steve Jobs Steve Job was still alive. So yeah, that's the reason for it. Once Steve Jobs is gone, and who's the current CEO now? Tim Cook. Tim Cook. Tim Cook. Also yes. known as the the villain from Jurassic World yes. Dominion. So that guy, since that guy took over, it's become more like business oriented. On that note, right, since we were just talking about monopolies, right, I just want to pull it back to whatever we were talking earlier, right? Because Amir was literally just saying, like, no one's going to come and, like, take over from Facebook and Google, right? The reason why I want to bring this up is because, okay, I did take a class on this, like, a semester ago. But when you, you, you could compare what's going on now with big tech, with the big oil companies at the start of the Industrial Revolution, right? Like, at the very start of the Industrial Revolution, you had like Standard Oil and US Steel starting to dominate the market. And then because they had like so much bed in with the government and because they had so much control, they were not only able to like spread misinformation, but also just like shut off competition and just have a grip on the market, which is kind of similar to what we're seeing with tech companies now. 
And the only way they were able to stop those companies from growing bigger was when the U.S. government intervened and like, I think they passed in the law to break up those two companies. So the way I see it, yes, in the current status quo, nothing's going to change. The only way something is going to change is if big governments step in and like mandate that these like monopolies have to be broken up. But in the status quo, I don't see how that's going to happen. But it's very possible because if you look at the if you look at the trajectory, right, it's exactly the same. When you think about Web 2.0, like Keechor State, it started out being free, right? But what happened? Capitalism just ran its course. You have the big like companies like Apple, like Facebook, Amazon, Google just coming up because they had superior services, just coming in and taking over. And because no one was able to regulate them, because bear in mind, they didn't understand how the web worked, but these companies did, and they were able to fulfill a need. And because of that, because of their profit motive and, you know, they're just able to like exert a hold on this market. And then that's just like seen, like seeing these companies achieve the rise they have today. It's, it's basically just late stage capitalism, just running its course. And there's, I don't know, we've probably let it run too far and there is probably a way to get away from that. But right now, I don't think there's a strong enough incentive from governments to break them up. And honestly, like, I think, I don't know if this is true. I'm just like speculating that we as consumers are, have just gotten comfortable with the rate of innovation that we have right now. Like, it's not like, I, it's sad because like, remember like when the iPhone first came out and like you had the iPod and like the iPad and everything. And then like when the M1 come out, like we're just, we're just not as excited yeah, about tech you. as we are anymore. Yeah. I mean, it, uh, it, already reached its peaks, I would say, in a way. Yeah, it's like, it sort of like reached its peak. And then I think we don't look at these smartphones as like Smart. gadgets anymore. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. We, they're just like extensions. They're like of, necessities now. They are necessities. You can't go anywhere without your smartphone. Your smartphone is what? It's literally become your wallet. You have like your car keys, your, even your house keys in some instances on your phone. It, it is basically just like an innovation to like simplify your living i mean like your lifestyle right yeah and now we just see it as that yeah exactly and think about it right this goes back to the same argument we've talked about on previous tech talks about us just like why do people keep going back to apple products even if android is more innovation it's just convenience this just brings me to another thing that i was thinking about is that we've also talked about this in the last tech talk episodes it's just about all these big companies moving to services now and this ties into what Kishore was saying about like Web2 was never behind a paywall. Now it looks like these companies are trying to make us pay for everything that we previously didn't need to pay for, which is honestly pretty sad. On that note, I just like uh, scrolled down Twitter and there was a tweet saying that Elon Musk showed up 10 minutes late to his first meeting addressing Twitter employees, which is still ongoing. He dialed up from his phone. And when people got asked him like uh, why he left Twitter. He said that uh, some people use their hair to express themselves. I use Twitter. Oh, that is just peak degeneracy right there. And, and, oh and, my and fucking. Ellen says that if the company wants to more people to use like Twitter on their daily basis, they should mimic the approach like um, from the super app, like WeChat in China. They said like, in China, they basically live with WeChat. I mean, like it's a, it's a necessary for them to like have WeChat on a daily basis. But that's like saying Twitter should become like WhatsApp, no? Yeah, and and on that side note, other Twitter product ideas Alan is into is that have people pay to be verified and subscription slash payment. How do you regulate that? Musk is a chronic oversimplifier, part two. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You know, Kishore, while we're, while we're talking about things being behind a paywall, apparently Crunchyroll is not offering you the option to watch free episodes anymore. Yeah, but I mean, most people pirate shit, so that's not a big loss anyway, so... Other than that, Amir, is there any other Twitter conspiracy theories? Like, you were just talking about Elon Musk? Elon Musk. I think that's it from Elon Musk from billionaires. <laughs> Over, oh, what? Oversimplified billionaires. Chronic yeah. oversimplifiers. Yeah, <laughs> that should be it. I guess um the upcoming months, months nothing going to be coming up from tax industries except for the 
Apple launch on September. And Samsung, Samsung, Samsung might might launch their new product on July. If I'm not mistaken, July. Okay, this is more of a tech question. I mean, I know we've had a lot of like nuanced tech discussion for conspiracy theories episodes, but I for episode, but I guess it's all valid. My question is for both Amir and Kishore, right? What do you think is going to be the next big innovation? Like we've heard a lot of things. Like this can just be like whatever Apple's coming out with, or I don't know, just in the wider tech space. Like, what do you personally believe is going to be the next big thing, or like the new M1? What do you think that's going to be? Like, do you think it's going to be something to do with like self-driving cars? Do you think it's going to be the metaverse? Okay, we had one. We had one. Everything we had already. <laughs> we are having everything. Pretty much, yeah. I just think for now it would be the metaverse looks like shit. So it does. Obviously. Do you think there's going to be any like gaming related kind of innovation that we're hoping for? Because even that feels like it's at a that's stag- that's stagnating. Because I remember when like companies used to release consoles like every generation there'd be a new leap, and now what you have like the jump from PS4 to PS5 is literally what ray tracing. That's it. I think gaming, I'm not into gaming that much, so I can't, I can't really talk about the gaming world. You sure, what are your thoughts? <laughs> I honestly couldn't tell you. I think, I think where it's peak, rather, other than those gloves that can sense your motion, you know how they use that for CGI in movies? Mm-hmm. Um, I would say a commercial version of that product, if they made it available for people, it could be used in gaming. But then again, it would also be kind of weird. I mean, you would think like the Wii and the Kinect, but on steroids. Yeah, or like the Oculus Quest or some any of that. You know, on that note, like what do you guys think of virtual reality? And not just VR, but what do you think of like AR? Like I remember like not too long ago, like all the big tech companies were making out AR and VR to be the next big thing. But here we are in 2022 and it's been slow. Like I don't think... I don't think people feel like it's a necessity to have a VR headset in their home or even just use AR. I mean, it's been slow, but in the upcoming months, it's going to be reaching its peaks because Apple is going to reveal its own product. So people are going to get more excited and say, this is the future. Isn't, isn't that kind of scary? If you think about it, like Apple can just say anything and it's immediately going to get a ton of attention. I mean, that's Apple though. That's, that's an Apple fanboy supporting without the rational basis. I'm just waiting to see how much that fucking headset is going to cost. Yeah, obviously. It's, I mean, while we wait for the price of like, you know, the continuity, continuity camera stand. Oh my God. I'm guessing that, that costs around 100 plus. 100. Probably not, but it's Apple. It's Apple. We never know. No way. For the VR headset, you mean? Oh, no, no, no. We're just talking about the stand. Because think about it. We can get that magical sweet spot of a camera angle that Keisha <laughs> was talking about. Oh my fucking God. It's like, just imagine a webcam where you can see your keyboard and hands. I don't know. I think this is, I think tech industry has already reached its peak. And right now it's just going stagnant. Like they are just coming up with the products just to like, you know, please users or to like just seems, just to make their products or their brands seems relevant. Yeah. So nothing much more than that I was expecting. If, I, if we're talking about uh, advancements, right, I would say one of the few things that still is not at its peak would be AR because AR now just looks like a bunch of images slapped on top of the environment. Yeah, it just feels like a gimmick at this point. I mean, AR, VR going to like get into metaverse, obviously. Oh no. So that's the reality of it. This is just a bit of a throw in from nowhere because we were talking about monopolies and whether these monopolies would stop becoming relevant and we're talking about innovation. There's one company that, st- that sticks out to me Nokia, what happened? Because like, weren't they supposed to be going through like a renaissance of sorts like over the last two years and now we just don't hear from them anymore? That one smartphone of theirs a couple of years ago. Yeah, 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 correct. And that was it. And I never heard from them again. Yeah. (laughs) But it used to be a good product though. It used to be a product that we all, you know? Yeah, like Nokia, like, you know, the theory that Nokia phones were literally bricks. (laughs) I mean, that's true. That's true. No going to deny that. That is the truth. Like, if you run out of red bricks, just start stacking 3 ones, you know? And like, people are asking which Nokia phones would get Android 12 updates. Hey, but get this, right? Apparently, <laughs> Nokia, like, last, according to, like, statistics from last month, right? 
Nokia has the Nokia holds third place in the whole UK smartphone market. Yo, hold up. That's literally around. I was doing some search, and there's literally around twenty plus of Nokia smartphones that supporting Android twelve updates. Huh? Why is no one talking about oh, that? Why? No, because if you keep looking at the statistics, right? So Apple has the highest market share in the UK, followed by Samsung. Then you have Nokia, followed by Oppo, followed by Google, and just others after that, making up seven point nine percent. Finger cross. Hope that. Uh, Nokia going to if there's any company from the past that I want to see like get big again it's Nokia it's Nokia uh, it's Nokia and Blueberry is it Blackberry or Blueberry, oh, Blueberry. Blackberry oh my god it's a... I think Blackberry is like dead it's not coming back yeah it's not it's not coming back obviously I mean, like... I'm just scrolling through Google and there's an article here from the Nokia CEO saying that 6G will be here by 2030 6G, 6G, oh 6G, yeah, yeah. I heard about it um years back from one China news media saying that they are yeah, they are working on. They were developing it at that lab in China, and it said the speed was like a couple of times higher than 5G. Yeah, obviously. But of course, with the fucking radio waves, the only problem is that you have to stand like if you don't have a girlfriend that's kind of bad because you won't get used to standing like that's how near you have to stand to your monitor i uh, sorry i mean your modem feels bad you have to yeah you have to like basically hug your fucking modem put your hand around your shoulder and then only you can use the fucking 5G, uh, 6G you know you know you say that like a lot of people were talking about like when you when you talk about 6G people always point back to remember Elon Musk's Neuralink company the one that was working on producing like the electronic devices that are implanted into your brain. I, I heard, I like, I was listening to his podcast or interview, I think a few weeks back in his uh, Tesla factory. Um, there was a reporter interviewing him. Um, he was talking about this right now. He's doing some testing. I'm not, not him, but his uh, neural net doing some tests with monkey, monkey or human. Is it monkey? Yeah. Monkey. He was testing on monkey. And he said that the project going to be successful and, and it's going to help um, those um, people who have like uh, alhizme and all those kind of sickness, mental sickness. Alzheimer's, huh? Yeah, Alzheimer's, yeah. So he's working on that. Lah. So we're excited to see what's the future. Hold. Well, I know what I want to see for the future of this podcast is to someday interview Elon Musk and ask him all the burning questions we've postulated over the span of the tech and conspiracy theories episodes. <laughs> my God. Kisha is going to burn him up. <laughs> oh my God. If I ever sit down with an interview with Elon Musk, Jesus Christ, the amount of questions I'll have for that man. Uh, you're going to hug him with that. <laughs> no. no I'll be gotta get, you got to get a good reception, Kishore. Oh my fucking God. Well, but with that being said, thank you all so much for listening to this episode of the Tandal Tip Podcast. New episodes weekly, and we'd hope to see you all in the next episode. Goodbye.